RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. There's confusion and apologies as BioNTech shots are put on hold pending an investigation. Officials say cardiovascular disease, not inoculation, was the likely cause of a 60-year-old man's death. And a returning member of the Shenzhen 12 is charged with national security crimes. Health officials say BioNTech vaccinations will remain suspended while the drug manufacturer conducts an investigation into packaging defects among a batch of jabs used in Hong Kong. Even though there is no suggestion, the shots themselves pose any safety risk. The SAR so far administered 150,000 doses of the vaccine and the Director of Health, Constance Chan, says any problematic shots have been dumped. Dr Chan says Hong Kong has been asked to stop using the batch of vaccines while the probe is carried out. According to their risk management plan, they will conduct investigation in Hong Kong, mainly focused on the logistic chain, uh, the transport, the handling and the delivery to these uh, vaccination centres to see if there's any issues. At the same time, they will also liaise with BioNTech uh, to conduct inspections to the manufacturing plant in Germany to ascertain whether or not there's any issues there. People with bookings for the jab today were told not to go to vaccination centres. Some of those RTHK spoke to in Kowloon Tong were unhappy with the arrangements. Chaotic, right. And they didn't mention about the, the reason of cancellation when I when I entered. And they give, give us a kind of package of masks and this kind of, you know, compensation. Or, yes, I, I think it's a bit crazy. I guess it's good that the government is being cautious. It's always better to make sure that we keep everybody as safe as possible and vaccinate correctly. They should give people a free choice. Just say that there's a risk and then it's up to you whether you want to get vaccinated or not. So for some people like me who is willing to take the risk, I should be able to get the shot. The official in charge of the vaccination programme, Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nip, apologised for the confusion. As the written notification was received this morning, so uh, there would be bound to be uh, 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 people making the booking, make the booking this morning or today, and then arrive at the vaccination centre and find out that um, you know the uh, vaccination uh, was uh, suspended. Um, so uh, we. Uh, issued a, a written SMS uh, notification um, to all who have made the booking today and, uh, and let them know about the latest arrangement. So uh, we apologize for any inconvenience caused, uh, but uh, we have done uh, all we can and uh, to uh, minimize the uh, inconvenience caused. A panel of experts says the death of a man this morning who recently received a Sinovac shot was probably caused by cardiovascular disease and was unlikely to be linked to the vaccine. The 60-year-old man was inoculated on March the 11th. Lee Chuk Kwong, a member of the panel that investigates irregularities in relation to the vaccination programme, said the man's medical history showed a number of serious chronic illnesses. Based on his uh, medical history and the symptom, we uh, believe that uh, there may be a high possibility of the uh, cardiovascular disease leading to his death. But certainly, we need to obtain more information and also uh, may have the postmortem report to make sure what is the cause of the, his death. The panel concluded that the death of an 80-year-old woman more than two weeks after receiving a Sinovac shot was not linked to the jab. 
One of the 12 Hong Kongers caught by mainland authorities during an alleged bid to flee by speedboat to Taiwan last summer has been charged with the national security law offence of colluding with foreign forces. Francis Sitt reports. 30-year-old Andy Lee was one of the eight men handed over to the SAR by Shenzhen authorities on Monday after they completed their prison terms for illegally crossing the border. His national security case is linked to that of media tycoon Jimmy Lai. Both are accused of calling on foreign countries to impose sanctions on Hong Kong. The former Shenzhen detainee has also been charged with conspiring to assist criminals in relation to the speedboat trip, as well as possessing unlicensed ammunition, namely spent tear gas canisters and other crowd control munitions fired by police at protesters. He did not appear for a hearing at West Kowloon Magistracy because he's in quarantine. Two other detainees returned to Hong Kong in December after prosecutors decided not to put them on trial due to their young age, while two others received longer prison terms and remain in jail in Guangdong. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. A verdict in the case of the RTHK producer Bao Choi will be handed down next month. She went on trial today for allegedly making false statements while trying to obtain vehicle registration information as part of research for a TV documentary relating to the 2019 Yunlong mob attack. Maggie Ho has more. Members of the RTHK Programme Staff Union appeared at West Kowloon Magistracy to voice support for Bao Choi before her trial began. The TV producer pleaded not guilty to two counts of violating the road traffic ordinance by allegedly making false statements when searching for car license plate information online. A prosecution lawyer read out a witness statement by a transport department employee who said people should only make a vehicle registration search for transport-related proceedings, the sale or purchase of a vehicle, or traffic and transport-related matters. Ms Choi did not give evidence herself. Her lawyer argued that the journalist was not wrong to declare that her search was transport-related because she wanted to find out who owned vehicles that might have been involved in taking weapons to the assailants. The lawyer also said vehicle registration checks had been in place since the 1950s. And even if there's any need to update the criteria out of privacy concern, it should be done by the legislature. But prosecutors said the defendant only intended to use the information obtained for reporting purposes, not for a transport matter. Principal Magistrate Ivy Choi adjourned her verdict to April the 22nd, and Ms Choi has been released on bail. If convicted, she faces a maximum punishment of six months in jail and a fine of $5,000. Meanwhile, a man charged with rioting over the Yunlong mob attack in 2019 told the district court that he never hit anyone on the night in question. Maggie Ho again. Testifying for a second day, Nguai Nam denied accusations from the prosecution that he had used a stick to strike a man wearing an orange helmet, causing him to fall down before hitting him again a second time. The 57-year-old defendant said he had only waved the stick around and hit water barriers with it to try to disperse a crowd he thought was planning to demolish an ancestral hall on July the 21st, 2019. He denied that he was threatening the crowd with violence. He added that the stick wasn't his in the first place, and he only snatched it from a black-shirted man because he felt threatened by him. But prosecutors said video footage showed the black-shirted man wasn't carrying a stick at all, and the defendant was actually given the stick by another man in a checked shirt. 
He's among six men who deny a charge of rioting, while two others have pleaded guilty. Health officials say they weren't able to find the source of a COVID-19 case involving a deliveryman. He began showing symptoms last Wednesday, but continued to work for a week. Francis Sitt reports. Health authorities said the 55-year-old man developed muscle pain last week, but he continued to work delivering and assembling furniture at about 10 homes. About a dozen of the customers who came into contact with him would be put under quarantine. Here's Dr. Chan Shokwan of the Centre for Health Protection. During this period, he has sent goods and assembled furniture in quite a number of places. Many of them, he and his colleagues stayed for more than 15 minutes, although all of them claimed to have married mass during the delivery and also assembling of the furniture. This is a home setting. Usually the space would not be very big. We are afraid that if he is transmissible, sometimes even he wear a mask, there's a still a risk of transmission to the people who came into contact with him. That's the only untraceable case reported by the authorities for the day. There were a total of 10 infections, four of which are locally acquired. Six imported cases involve five people who flew in from India and one from Pakistan. The Elderly Services Association has urged the government to ease visiting restrictions at care homes as soon as possible. Joanne Wong with that story. The rollout of the COVID-19 vaccinations in Hong Kong is raising hopes that strict social distancing restrictions could soon be lifted. The government says it's looking into whether this can happen, and an executive councillor says authorities are considering letting vaccinated care home residents meet visitors in designated rooms. But that might still be a couple of weeks away. Speaking on an RTHK program, the chairman of the Elderly Services Association, Kenneth Chan, said the government hasn't approached them about the issue yet. But in any case, discussions need to happen now. One woman who called into the same program said it had been a year of torture for care home residents and their families. The woman made an emotional plea for special arrangements to be put in place so she could visit her husband, who has Parkinson's disease and can no longer speak or express himself. My husband is a victim in this pandemic, she said, as she described how her husband had lost the ability to eat as his health deteriorated during the pandemic. She went on to say that her husband has been in and out of hospital because of the anxiety stemming from not being able to see his family. The Elderly Services Association chairman said visits should be allowed again in phases and care homes would need to meet certain requirements such as residents and staff being inoculated. Mr. Chan suggested that care homes should have a separate meeting space for vaccinated residents and families to meet while acknowledging that some facilities may not have enough space for this to happen. Turning overseas, more than 600 people in Myanmar who were detained after last month's military coup have been released from prison in Yangon. The reasons behind the mass release were not immediately clear, although a photographer from the Associated Press News Agency said the charge against him had been dropped. A lawyer who represents some of those who've been freed said there was little chance anyone still in detention would receive fair treatment. There is no justice under any military coup d'etat. So if there is a military leadership, there is no justice. So I don't really hope that we will have the fair trial because the decision will come from the one guy, one decision. You know, the judge will read it out. That's all. 
The German Chancellor Angela Merkel has cancelled a strict coronavirus lockdown over Easter only a day after it was announced. She said the measure, agreed after marathon talks with state leaders, was impractical. The BBC's Jenny Hill reports. This was an extraordinary statement. At a hastily convened press conference, Angela Merkel said she alone bore responsibility for a plan to extend what is usually a three-day Easter holiday to a five-day shutdown. The decision, which met resistance from business leaders, was, she said, made with the best of intentions, but acknowledged it was impossible to implement. Mrs Merkel, who apologised for what she described as a mistake, will be conscious that as case numbers soar exponentially, public trust in her government's pandemic response is wavering. Oil prices have climbed on international markets amid fears that supplies could be disrupted by the grounding of a giant container ship in the Suez Canal. About 10% of world trade, including huge quantities of oil, pass through the waterway. Tugboats and diggers have been trying to refloat the Ever Given, which is 400 metres long. Local officials say it became stuck on Tuesday morning during a, stance, a sandstorm. Stephen Gutchin is a captain who steered ships through the canal many times. He says it's far from easy. It's very difficult. It's very tricky. You have to be very, very careful. And you have to be on the ball all the time. You can't relax. You have to react as soon as something happens. And in a, in a space like the Suez Canal, there's not a lot of time to be able to react. Sport now and in football, World Cup qualifying gets underway in Europe during this international break, with FIFA's top-ranked side Belgium taking on Wales later tonight. Wales standing manager Rob Page is excited about the challenge. Yeah, it's got a different title. It's a World Cup qualification. Yes, we're playing against arguably much better opposition but uh, than what we've faced in the past in the Nations League. They are a fantastic team. We respect them for that. But I think they'll also have respect for us and, and the team that we've got that we can put out and and how we can hurt them as well. Staying with Wales, Gareth Bale suddenly plans to return to Real Madrid next season after his loan spell at Tottenham ends. The Wales captain rejoined Spurs on a season-long loan in September, but has a year left on his real contract, which expires in summer 2022. Bale says the uncertainty over his future will not affect his concentration on this summer's European Championships. Um, no, it's no distraction for me coming into the Euros. I think the main reason I came to Spurs this year was was obviously I wanted to play football first and foremost, but going into Euros, I wanted to be match fit. So, um, yeah, the, the the original plan was only to to do a season at Spurs. And then, um, yeah, after the Euros, I still have a year left at Real Madrid. And, um, yeah, as, as far as my plan, obviously, is to go back. And, um, yeah, that's as far as I've planned, to be honest. A reminder of our top stories tonight. There's confusion as BNTech shots are put on hold pending an investigation. And a returning member of the Shenzhen 12 is charged with national security offences. The news from RTHK. The Smart ID Card Replacement Exercise is for me and for you. If you hold the old form of Smart ID Card and were born in 1970 to 1972, you must replace your ID card on or before April 30th, 2021. If you were born in 1973 to 1976, you must replace your ID card from February 22nd to July 9th, 2021. You may bring two family members or friends aged 65 or above and two persons with disabilities to replace ID cards together. Remember to book ahead. Radio 3, live on the web, rthk.org.hk.
getting us started for the second hour for the late show for this Wednesday, the 24th of March, 2021. That was the cutting crew and died in your arms tonight. I'm Simon Wilson sitting in for Uncle Ray. He's safe and sound and sheltering in place during this current COVID spike and will return as soon as it's safe to do so. In the meantime, playing the music of the 1980s for the next 10 minutes, then we're going to slow things down with assorted ballads and easy listening. Take it all the way through till one. The hint of that late night nostalgia. (laughs) 